Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 39 of Revelation chapter 21. And we're going to be reading verses 24 and 25. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. In our last several studies, we've been looking at the Bible's teaching regarding the nations of the world and the nations of them which are saved. As the Bible indicates, there are two nations spiritually only, and all people fall into one of those two categories. And in the day of judgment, we've seen that the Lord Jesus Christ comes as the judge, as we read in the parable given in Matthew chapter 25, and all nations, all the Gentiles, are gathered before him. And let me read there, in beginning in verse 31 of Matthew 25. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. And again, we've we've seen how God has been... Uh, actively involved in this process since Judgment Day began, May 21, 2011, there has been a time of separation of the nations because it was out among the nations that God sowed the seed of the gospel abundantly uh, as the waters cover the seas. God brought forth his word over the electronic medium, and the target was the nations, not the churches, because the church age had ended, and God uh, had already made it known. His spirit was not in the midst of the congregations. There was no latter rain falling there. And and so the, the word of God was um, focused upon the various nations of the world, and it was there God saved the great multitude, the nations of them which are saved. But, of course, that's still only a remnant of the whole, and the rest would be the nations of the world. And 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 so, in the beginning of Judgment Day, and throughout this prolonged period of time, Christ comes and uh, in his glory with the holy angels, the whole company of the elect, all the saints, and begins 
to judge. He's seated upon his judgment throne. And judgment day is, we could view it as, a time of final separation. A time um, that's typified in another parable, short little parable, in Matthew chapter 13, beginning in verse 47. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind, which, when it was full, they drew to shore and sat down and gathered the good into vessels, but cast the bad away, or without. That's the same Greek word translated as without. So shall it be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and sever. That's the same Greek word translated as separate in Matthew 25. The angels, the messengers of God, Christ comes with his holy angels, shall come forth and separate the wicked from among the just and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. So God does portray... He pictures the events of Judgment Day as a time of final separation. Now, now we can actually get a very clear picture of God's overall end-time program uh, upon the churches and upon the world. It, it worked out this way. First, God begins a spiritual judgment on the churches and congregations. May 21, 1988. The Holy Spirit departs out. And the the judgment of God is upon them. The churches go dark spiritually. No one is being saved. Eventually, God opens up the understanding of his people. The church age is over. The churches are under the wrath of God. You must get out. And the command is revealed, the decree, to flee the church. The people of God, the the true believers, hear and understand that command and do go out of the church. Those that are not true believers and therefore do not possess or did not possess ears to hear remain in the church. They, They continue... Uh, doing as they did before. This is the process God used to separate the wheat from the tares. Basically, the, the wheat understood the nature of a spiritual judgment, and the tares did not. And then at the end of the judgment on the churches, as that judgment was 23 years in duration, and concluded May 21, 2011, the process of separating the wheat and the tares is complete and finalized. Now, all the wheat are outside the church, all of the tares within the church, they can be bundled and cast into the fire that May 21, 2011 brought the beginning of Judgment Day. But at that very same time that the wheat and the tares judgment was completed, another judgment and separation began as God, the Lord Jesus, came 
in his glory and sat upon the judgment throne. This would be the final judgment of all mankind. And once again, the same pattern is followed. A spiritual judgment begins as the door of heaven is shut, the lights of the gospel are put out, the Holy Spirit departs the world insofar as salvation is concerned, and the, the people of God, they, they have ears to hear. God begins to open their understanding to reveal the things he's doing. They understand the nature of the spiritual judgment they understand we must feed the sheep. And and therefore, they are uh, placed to the right where the sheep are. But the rest of the Gentiles do not understand the spiritual nature of Judgment Day, May 21, 2011, and the prolonged period of time. And they continue on as before, they they think the danger is past that um, the there was a little scare that came with the worldwide proclamation of May 21, but it was wrong. Now there's relaxation and complete disinterest in the whole idea of the end of the world or judgment. No, basically they're settling in very comfortably into living life in this world and and uh, even those that were previously a part of the May 21 campaign they are being separated to uh to the left to the area where the goats are because they do not understand the spiritual judgment exactly exactly like the unsaved in the congregations, the tares, did not understand the the character of the judgment. Uh, they they could not comprehend that the judgment of God was on the churches because they would look outwardly and they would see nothing. And the you know the Bible's a spiritual book, and God does things, and He gives faith to His people. He gives spiritual eyes to his people to see them but if he doesn't give the spiritual eyes then others just don't see it and and that was the case with the judgment beginning at the house of God and that is the case now with the final judgment of the world and this is the process the methodology God is using to go about the separation of the sheep and the goats. Well, it's really amazing how uh, consistent God has been with the judgment first on the church and now on the world. But let's go back to our verse in Revelation 21 and look at the second part of verse 24. And the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it, that is, into this holy city, Jerusalem, which is made up of all the elect. And verse 25, And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. And uh, I'd like for us to turn back to 
the Old Testament book of Isaiah to Isaiah chapter 60, where we basically have a chapter that um, very much identifies with Revelation chapter 21. For instance, in the beginning of Isaiah 60, I'll, I'll read the first few verses. It says, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of Jehovah is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But Jehovah shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles, now keep in mind that in the Old Testament it's the same as the New Testament, with the word for nations, Gentiles, people, or heathen. In the Hebrew, it's goy or goyim, which is the equivalent of ethnos in the New Testament Greek. So here, when it says in the Gentiles, we can understand that to be the nations. And the nation shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. You see how that fits with Revelation twenty-one twenty-four, And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. So the nations and the kings go into the holy Jerusalem. And, and therefore, it's the nations of them which are saved, and the kings also uh, refers to God's elect, who were made spiritual kings when uh, each one was adopted into the family of God. Christ is royalty. He is the king, and he makes his people that he saves kings. Well, it goes on to say in verse 4, Lift up thine eyes round about, and see, all they gather themselves together, they come to thee, thy son shall come from far, and thy daughters shall be nursed at thy side. Then thou shalt see, and flow together, and thine heart shall fear, and be enlarged, because the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee. And the sea in the Bible can point to people, the the wicked, and we're all wicked before salvation. And so here, the abundance of the sea, the abundance of people, a great multitude, shall be converted unto thee. And then the last part of verse 5, the forces of the Gentiles shall come unto thee. Again, Gentiles as nations. The Hebrew word, 2428 in Strong's, translated as forces, is translated as army or um, wealth in some places. And it is the armies of the nations or the wealth of the nations, which would point to the, the gold, silver, precious stones, God's elect, that come of the nations of them which are saved. And then in verse 6, the multitude of camels shall cover thee, the dromedaries of Midian and Ephah, all they from Sheba shall come, they shall bring gold and incense, 
They shall show forth the praises of Jehovah. All the flocks of Keter, the sheep, shall be gathered together unto thee. The rams of Nebio shall minister unto thee. They shall come up with acceptance on mine altar, and I will glorify the house of my glory. The kings of the earth are bringing their glory and their honor into it because they are the wealth of the nations. They are those that identify with gold, silver, precious stones. And as God says, he will glorify the house of his glory. Well, a little further down, it says in verse 11 of Isaiah 60, Therefore thy gates shall be open continually. They shall not be shut day nor night, that men may bring unto thee the forces of the Gentiles. There it is again, the wealth of the nations, the armies of the nations, that their kings may be brought. And that relates to what we're reading in Revelation 21, the last part of verse 24, the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it, and the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. And here in verse 11, it speaks of the gates being open continually, and, and then the kings are brought in. Now, if we go to verse 12 of Isaiah 60, for the nation and kingdom, and this is speaking of the nation of Satan, of this world, and his kingdom, that will not serve thee, shall perish. Yea, those nations shall be utterly wasted, the nations of the world, not the nations of them which are saved. And also, if we go down, um, just want to look at a couple of places so we can see uh, how much this identifies with Revelation 21, at the end of verse 14, it says, And they shall call thee the city of Jehovah, the Zion of the Holy One of Jerusalem. Just as we're reading of the New Jerusalem, the Holy Jerusalem, in our chapter in Revelation, verse 18, the last part of that verse, But thou shalt call thy wall salvation, and thy gates praise. It's not an actual city. It's a city built up, comprising God's elect, those that he has saved. And then, verse 19, The sun shall be no more thy light by day, neither for brightness shall the moon give light unto thee, but Jehovah shall be unto thee an everlasting light, and thy God thy glory. And that relates to verses we've read in Revelation 21. Thy sun... In verse 20, shall no more go down, neither shall thy moon withdraw itself. For Jehovah shall be thine everlasting light, and the days of thy mourning shall be ended. Thy people also shall be all righteous. They shall inherit the land forever, the branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I may be glorified. And God identifies mourning, the days of mourning with the gospel period or the day of salvation, uh, which was a time of uh, sitting in sackcloth and ashes, a time of mourning, and God's elect mourn then, 
But Judgment Day, the Bible does not liken the people of God to mourning at this time. And I know uh, during a grievous time of of trial, a fiery trial that is severely testing us, how can God not uh, use that picture of mourning? And, and there can be much sorrow uh, through the affliction and the trials, but God's looking at it spiritually, and the bringing of the gospel was with tears. We sowed the seed with tears, with mourning, and and God says concerning Judgment Day to the people of the world that it is a time when they will mourn, not when the believers mourn anymore, as we read in Luke chapter 6, beginning in verse 24. But woe unto you that are rich, for ye have received your consolation. Woe unto you that are full, for ye shall hunger. Woe unto you that laugh now, for ye shall mourn and weep. And that would be this period of time, uh, the unsaved people of the world, God identifies as it is the period of their mourning. And the uh, child of God is, is no longer, no longer mourning. And actually, uh, you know what God says uh, concerning himself in Proverbs 1. When we reach the day of judgment, it says in Proverbs chapter 1, in um, verse 25, beginning there, But ye have said it not all my counsel, and would none of my reproof, that's the word of God that reproves, I also will laugh at your calamity, I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation, and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you. So, here's here's how it worked out. God's people mourned, and during that time, the unsaved laughed and mocked. Then comes Judgment Day, and it's all turned around. God uh, then identifies the unsaved of the world as being a time period of their mourning, and God laughs, and it's as though his people laugh with him, and it's a time for them to dance. It Because God is victorious. God has won the battle, and He has brought salvation to his people, and so there's no mourning at all taking place during the the time of judgment. Well, uh, we'll stop here. When we get back, we'll look a little bit closer at verse 25 and in Revelation chapter 21. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.